I'm Becky Hennessy. This is The Path of Imperfection, Episode 61, The Power of Connecting with Our Kids. Welcome, Traveler. The Path of Imperfection is all about talking through the stuff and uncovering the what's and how's so that we can embrace ourselves and each other as human, one imperfect step at a time. This is a podcast for anybody with the courage to try. You guys, I am so excited for this interview that I did with Angie Chandler. Angie is the founder of Come Follow Me FHE. And if you are a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, or even Christian, and you're using her Come Follow Me FHE stuff, you know just how amazing she is. This is a little bit longer of an interview than what I normally do. Usually I talk for maybe 15 minutes or so, and then we're done. But there's a ton of meat in this interview. Go grab a notebook, go grab a pen. I know I did. And listen in as Angie Chandler and I visit about connecting with our kids and the power of it. Hey, guys, I am here with Angie. You guys know that listen to me and that connect with me. I don't do a ton of interviews. It's not typical. Usually it's just me getting on a soapbox of some sort and sharing some things that I've come to find in my own path of imperfection. And so I'm really intentional in the interviews that I do. I've only done a few and they're with people that I absolutely adore. And so I reached out to Angie because she's one of those folks. And there's a lot of things that I've noticed. I started following her on social media, on Instagram. And there were just a lot of things that I was noticing that she was saying and that she was doing that were awesome, that I could totally get behind. And so I wanted to pick her brain a little bit and talk with her a little bit. And so I am stoked for you guys to get to know Angie on a little bit of a deeper level, as well as tap into her wisdom. And I've got my notepad sitting here because I know that she's just going to share things with us that I think, oh, that blows my mind. I haven't even considered that. So anyway, Angie is here with us and is going to talk with us quite a bit. Angie, just tell us a little bit about you. Kind of help those, let's say somebody has never come across you on Instagram with the Come Follow Me FHE stuff. Say that somebody is just getting to know you now. Tell us a little bit about you. Tell us a little bit about your family and business and all kinds of things. Kind of give us a rundown on you. Okay. Well, first off, I have to say thank you for having me. What an honor. What an honor. I'm so excited to be here with you and your listeners. So I am a mom of four. My kids are nine, seven, six, and three. I have to think about that for a second because we've just had some recent birthdays. So when you're a mom head, you have to count down a little. And I am an educator. So my degree is elementary education. And I have taught for 10 years. I taught fifth grade. I taught preschool and kindergarten. And now I still say that I am an educator because I am and I have a current teaching license. And I am helping families teach their kids all over the world. But now I am a business owner and an entrepreneur. And so I fit that into my mamahood. And that's my main gig now. So I run Come Follow Me FHE, where I write lesson plans for primary age kids. And it teaches them about the Bible this year is what the curriculum is studying. So I am just 
so excited to be here with you and just share a lot of my thoughts and feelings and experiences with you about kids. And oh, I just can't wait to hop right in. Yeah, it'll be awesome. So here's what I've noticed. I'm kind of like an observer. Maybe that's the therapist in me. I don't know. But I have just noticed that you seem to have a superpower when it comes to connecting with kids. Like there's just something about not only your content, but just your approach, how you do that, that definitely comes through and the come follow me stuff. I subscribe to it and I get it every single week. My kids absolutely love it. But it also just comes through in how you do. Like as you're interacting with your kids in everyday life and I'm watching on Instagram or whatever, I just think this lady, she's just got superpowers in connecting <laughs> with kids. And so today, that's really what we're going to focus on, right? Is we're going to focus on this power of connecting with your kiddos. So you have a yeah. story. I'm so excited to hear. You have a story about this in your teaching days. Yes. So let's start there. I am going to share a story. And I will be honest, when this was happening in real life years ago, I didn't make this connection. But once I became a mom, and as I've kind of, you know, gotten older and wiser, I've made this connection and been able to apply it to our family and my day to day life. And it's made a huge difference. So that's why I wanted to share this story with you. But when I first started teaching, I walked into my classroom and I was teaching fifth grade at the time. So, you know, they're 10, 20, 11. They have a little bit of that sassy attitude. And especially the boys, like they don't, they do not want to be your friend. It is not cool. They don't love their teachers anymore like they did when they were kindergartners, right? They don't come and give you a hug. And I noticed very first day, one particular boy who just seemed to kind of struggle. And of course, as the year went on, I learned more and more about him and more and more about his family situation. And he, you know, came from a broken family and everything was kind of a mess in his home life. And so it made sense to me why at school, he really acted uninterested, disengaged. He would come and sit down. He put his head on the desk. He would very rarely even lift his head up out of his arms. Mm. And I mean, I knew he was listening to what was happening, but he was not going to show it or put forth any effort, Mm. right? And he just, gosh darn it, he just was having a rough time. And so as the teacher, I saw this and I very much am the teacher that I really do not let kids slip between the cracks. I mean, I find each and every one of them and I feel like it is so valuable and so important to connect and to love each child, right? No matter where they are. And so I just got to thinking, okay, Angie, what am I going to do for this kid? (laughs) Because, you know, he has to learn all of the same content and curriculum that all of these kids that are trying, that have a better home circumstance, right? That have some support that he has to learn all the same things that they have to learn. And so I just said, I have to do something about this. So I got a little creative and I started writing him just a little personalized note. I mean, like three by five card size, slipping it in his homework folder, putting it on his desk in the morning for him to read when he came to school. And I did that a couple of times. And of course, every day I was always there to like, Hey, how's it going, Tyler? Give him a high five, connect with Mm. him, give him a fist bump, right? always letting him know that I knew he was there. So even if he didn't care about me and he wasn't going to show me that he wanted to try, I was going to care about him. Right. And so it took probably about, I would say about two months of doing this. 
which is a long time when you see a child every, every day. day. Yes. yes. To be, to really feel like you're kind of being blown off, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and needing something from them and wanting them so badly to kind of turn around their behaviors and, yeah. and be engaged with you. Anyway, and so about two months and he finally started coming to class and he didn't have his hood over his head and he wasn't wow. sitting with his face in his arms. And he actually would like show his face and, and even he started commenting in class, raising his hand and making comments, which this was the kid that sat on the back row and what was not doing anything. Right. Mm. And so the light bulb just went on for me that I, to my teacher self. And I was like, oh my heck, I did something right because I was a new teacher when I did this. Right. (laughs) And I thought that worked. And the reason Mm. it worked is because I built a relationship with him and I connected with him on a personal level more than just, you're in my class, you're here, you have to learn this stuff. But I wrote him notes about, you know, how was your day? Or I noticed you did this really well, or you were kind to this person today, or I hope things at home are going well. And so I took, what, one minute, maybe two minutes to write these little notes. And connect with him and his behavior turned around like night and day difference. You would not even notice the kid at the end of the year compared to the beginning. And all it took was me connecting with him and his behaviors improved, which means that his academics improved and his overall just attitude and willingness to even participate. It was incredible. And that's all I did. I love the personal touch. And that it wasn't a note of correction. It wasn't a note of fixing. It was just a note of like, hey, this is what I'm noticing. And I think that you've really hit the nail on the head, right? Like coming from a space of, I'm a love and logic instructor. You do the love and logic thing as well. Being a therapist for kids. I love what I'm hearing in that I just was building a relationship. That was the focus. The focus was, I'm going to build this relationship. Because I have folks come in, parents, whatever. And they're like, okay, what technique can I use? What strategy can I use? Give me something. And when we peel the onion back, there's not that relationship. And so everything else is dead in the water if there's not that relationship. So I love that that's what your focus was and that that's where... And then that allows you to then do some reinforcing and things like that. So let's go there. Yes, yes. I love that because I just think... I just wanted to add to your thoughts though that there's just power in connecting with our children. There's power in connecting with them and creating a relationship with them. And and we cannot know in the moment what it will do later down the road, but we can't go back and change it, right? Right. So we have to live in the now and we have to make it a priority now to do that with, especially our own children, right? But I mean, I'm guessing a lot of your listeners, maybe they, you have some teachers or maybe where they work, they're involved with kids, right? There's so many of us that, reach a lot of children in our lives. And it is so important to connect with them and take the time to do it because we just don't know the reach it's going to have. Yeah. For how long, right? Yeah. That is so good. Yes. Yes. So now that you, so you're connected or whatever, let's say, and then as you move forward and you're like, okay, so let's, let's start handling some of these behaviors. What are some of those things that can be really helpful in that space? Okay. So I was just going to share One of the things that I really believe in as an educator is just the power of positive reinforcement, which is exactly what I was giving to this boy, Tyler. 
And really, it depends on who you ask. I've heard eight to one positives to negatives. And I've also heard four to one. I've heard four to one more often. And that's usually the one that I go with. But we should be giving our kids four positive praise statements to every one correction or redirect. That's Mm -hmm. true in the classroom. It's also true with your own children in your home. And so when we're talking about connecting with our children, it's we need to connect with them. So like you mentioned before, when the time comes that we have to say like, "Uh uh-uh, can't be doing that. (laughs) That behavior isn't acceptable. Then they're going to respond and they're not going to feel like all we're saying to them all the time is no, no, no. You're not doing it right. You're not enough. You're not good enough, Mm -hmm. whatever it may be. Right. So I just love, I love to make the connection between, because I'm a teacher between school and home where really the research is overwhelmingly in favor of parent involvement in schools, Mm -hmm. right? It has been proven time and time again, that the more that parents are involved with their children in Mm -hmm. at home, the better that those students perform academically in school. Well, it makes Mm -hmm. sense to us, right? When we Mm -hmm. say it that way, it's like, oh yeah, well, that makes sense. When parents read to their kids, when Mm -hmm. they're doing their homework with their kids, when they're, you know, making a science project or whatever it may be, however they're engaging with their kids in their academics, it makes sense that then in school they would perform a lot better. And not just academically, Becky, really behaviorally as well. Mm. Do you think that that's because of that power of connection? Like that's that's the secret sauce? Yes, I do. Because I don't think that it's just because mom's sitting by me and helping me do my homework. I think it's what's happening while the homework is being done, right? That connecting is just so powerful. And I love to think like, okay, if, if if research shows that kids are so much better off with that parent involvement in school, then what must it be with that kind of parent involvement in their life? Mm, Yeah. Like in their everyday. Yeah. So when you go back to school to get your PhD, that's the research (laughs) you can do. (laughs) It's to figure that out. (laughs) It's the one reason I won't go back and get my PhD because I love reading the research. You're a girl after my own heart. Like I love the science of it. And I love the data. I don't like to collect it. I just yes. like to read it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I'm very content with where I'm at right now, but kind of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I want to pick your brain a little bit because I'm curious. You mentioned in your story, you know, this is a kiddo who is really disengaged, very uninterested. When you see that at home, like let's say you have one of your kids that just seems disengaged, uninterested, doesn't really want to connect to you, either because they're young and they're just in that space or because they're a teenager and they're, they're just in that space. Marry over for me some of that, like I'm just barely starting the teenagehood. My oldest is 12 and I need one of those books that's like what to expect when you're expecting for her <laughs> because that was such a lifesaver for me when I birthed her. And so like, I'm starting to kind of sense some of that, oh, it's not cool to be engaged with my parents. It's not cool right. to connect or whatever. So Mary, for me, the positive reinforcement in those spaces, like what kinds of things in those spaces of a disconnected kid or a kid who could just rather not with you as a parent, what are some of those positive reinforcements that you've noticed either in parenting or in the teaching or whatever that can be really helpful in those spaces? Because sometimes as a parent, we're just kind of like, ah, 
then Kevin, you're disengaged because I'm just sick of you and I don't know what to do with you. But maybe give us some little, I don't know, bits of wisdom in that space so that we can use that positive reinforcement. Yeah, I can totally give you a real life example. I mean, I I think it definitely depends on the child and it definitely depends on their age. So it's hard to just give like a one One size fits all, right? But I will give you an example with my son who's nine, is almost 10. So he's in fourth grade. He really, really responds so well to just really simple things like, hey, that was so awesome that you got up and ready this morning and I didn't even have to bug you about it. Like, Mm. cool, dude. Yeah. And my littlest, my little, little even responds to things like that. And it's interesting because people are like, ah, the same thing doesn't work on 10 year olds as it does three year olds. And I'm like, "Mm -hmm. actually, hold on. (laughs) Actually, really, honestly, for all the parents listening, it's the difference, the tonation in your voice. So when I talk to my 10 year old, I'm like, Hey dude, that was so awesome. I'm so impressed with how responsible you are. And when I talk to my three-year-old, I'm like, Oh my goodness, you got your own shoes on. What a big girl. And I give her a big hug. Right? So there's a difference, but really you're doing the same thing. So one of the easiest ways to just give that positive reinforcement to kids at any age, I would say is like just praise statements or words of affirmation. It doesn't have to be a whole special note. It doesn't have to be going to this special place on this special outing all the time. In your day-to-day routine, fit in ways to connect with them. Tell them what they're doing well with praise statements and positive affirmations for them. Like That will really help them way down the road their whole yeah. life. Because how many of us, like we're old and we're moms now, but does your mother's voice still play in your head? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally, right? And either really awesome or they're not awesome either way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm happy to share how we do this at our home. We were having a while ago. Okay. I have four kids. They're pretty close together. And we were having a lot of screaming and fighting and, and you know, all of those That's what we call it, Miles. Shenanigans. Shenanigans. This is all of it. Yep. And I just said to my husband, I was like, I can't even live in this house. Like I can't deal with all of this all the time. If it's not one kid, it's the other. And so I finally just, we sat down as a family and we said, okay, something's got to change. And we decided ultimately, remember my story about Tyler? We were like, we're not taking the time to connect with our kids. We're simply existing Mm -hmm. together day in and day out, just existing together. And we're not being intentional about really connecting with Mm. each individual child. So what we do in our home is we do daily connection, weekly, Mm -hmm. and then monthly. Okay. How does that look? So how would a daily connection maybe vary from a weekly connection that would vary from a monthly connection? Okay, you got it. So daily is kind of what we just talked about, just praising words Mm -hmm. of affirmation. It can be physical touch. If your kids respond well to that, a hug, a high five, a fist bump. It could be praying together or praying for your child, specifically what they're working on, if they have a track meet, if they have a recital, whatever it may be. All of those things, if you think about it, they're not really that hard, right? It's just, you have to be a little bit more mindful and intentional to make them happen, right? Yeah. So these sound like practices versus events. That's a podcast coming up. That yes. like a lot of times we're like, okay, I need to do this event. Like with, as a couple, we need to do this thing or with our kids, we need to do this thing. 
when really the events are great and they're lovely, but the meat and potatoes is in those practices. And so I love that it's like, no, this is a daily practice. This is something that I'm continually doing on a continuous basis. So it just becomes a part of the days. I love it. So what about weekly? What would like a weekly connection look like? Okay. So weekly, we have worked it out. We have four kids. If you had 12 kids, I don't know what you would do. So you'll have to be creative. (laughs) You know what? Legit. Like my stepdad who married my mom had 12 children. I kid you not. Bless. Bless him. spot in heaven. Bless. Yes. Anyway. Yes. Yes. So you have four kids. Okay. So I have four kids. So my kids each have a night. Monday, oldest, the second one, Tuesday, the third one, Wednesday, the fourth one, Thursday. Now this isn't a night where we go out, we go to dinner and we do a movie and we spend this money. No, this really is, we just call it one-on-one time. Love it. And I mean, there's a lot of people that do things like this. You could call it whatever you want. You could call it check-in time. You could call it late night. I mean, whatever is fitting for like your kids and their ages. But so my kids are in bed at 8, 8, 15, mm-hmm. all my kids, right? And they're reading and doing quiet time. That's how our family rolls. And so if it's their one-on-one night, they get to be up with mom and dad from 8, 15 till 9. Mm-hmm. And they get to pick something to do with just mom or just dad or both of us. They, we can uh-huh. watch a show. We can snuggle. We can read books. We can play a game. We could do mm-hmm. Play-Doh. We could just talk. I mean, Mm -hmm. I would guess if you have older kids, they're going to probably want to just talk. They're not going to necessarily want to snuggle in your arms and read, right? But if you have younger kids, reading to them for 45 minutes might be a better fit. I once heard, and I can't quote it, and I've never been able to find it since, so we'll just hope that this is true, but somebody (laughs) will be able to find it at some point. Yeah, We'll Google it after this. Maybe we'll find it. But I once heard that when a child sits on your lap, and you read to them, within one minute, your heartbeat and their heartbeat come together and are being oh, at the same pace. I love like that. Your bodies are physically like sense each other and are connecting oh my gosh. when they sit on your lap and you read to them. That is amazing. I love it. And you, you hear just the little bits of absolute wisdom in that space. I'm a huge proponent for the one-on-one time. So I came across one-on-one time when I was working for DCFS. So that's the Division of Child and Family Services here in the state of Utah. And I was a child protective service worker. So I'd go into the homes, assess, and then I would like remove kids from homes and it was hard. And so then I decided, nope, I'm going to do the therapy thing and keep kids in the homes. So as I started to do that, I started researching this one-on-one time. And there is a lot of research to say that the best way to attach to your kids, the best way to shift behavior, the best way to have academics improve is this one-on-one time. And it's about quality, not quantity, right? And what you're saying here is that quality stuff. Hey, it's 45 minutes in a week. Are you kidding me? Like you could sneeze that. that. That's a show, right? Right. So it's just having that intentional time with them where you can connect with just them and they're planning on it. They know that that's going to be coming and yes. it's something that is lasting. Just absolutely. Yes. It's, again, a practice, not an event. I absolutely love that. So here's, here's the question I have because consistency is tricky for me. It's just, it just is. I watched this little snippet on Seasons of Renewal. If you don't follow Seasons of Renewal, y'all, mm-hmm. you should, because it's absolutely amazing. And Brooke Snow, who's also amazing, yes. talked about floors and ceilings. And I've been using my floors and ceilings, and that's helped me be a little bit more consistent. But 
what do you find is like the really helpful in the consistency thing? Because like this month would be perfect, right? I mean, you've got holidays and shenanigans and concerts and da 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 da. So what how do you keep it consistent or what do you do if it can't be consistent in that weekly? So we actually started doing more of just like a bigger thing, like you're saying, like more of an event than just quality time and togetherness. Mm -hmm. And we couldn't make it happen because, you know, you have your kids, you have work, you have your church assignments, you have... You have soccer and basketball and gymnastics and dance. It's the, heaven help me. Right? All on the same day. And it's yes. Just all day. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. So what we have found to be really helpful is first schedule it. Okay. Mm-hmm. When you just Love say, it. oh, we're going to do that. Oh, we'll get around to it. You just never get around to it, That's which good. is why we it. have assigned our kids a day and we schedule it. Mm-hmm. And I would say schedule it at a time that you know it is doable consistently for you, which is bedtime for us, right? We're home at bedtime anyway. Everybody's there. Occasionally my husband's working late, but not very often. And if he is, I can do it, but we're not scheduling it at five o'clock, right? When it's crazy town and everything's going on and we're trying to fit dinner in. So I would say schedule it. And then I would say stick to it. And then I would say, give yourself a little grace when you can't get to it every single week. Honestly, yeah. since we've started this, my kids' behavior has improved drastically. It's in my bonkers life. town, right? It, yeah. It's incredible. I yeah. cannot say enough good about it. And honestly, it is worth the 45 minutes for four nights of my week sacrifice. Because yes. you know, what was I doing before? Folding laundry, doing dishes. I was trying to get stuff done for me, but I can put that off for 45 minutes. So my home is a happier place. So my children know they're loved. So I am connected to them. So I have time to talk to them. Because we know, especially with multiple kids, it's really hard to really know what each of your kid needs, what each of your child, what all of your children are worrying about. Yeah. And so it really opens up an opportunity for you to listen. Yeah. Because riding in the car with our whole family and all the children, I can't listen to what my one child is really worried about, right? Yeah. So I can really, really say that making a more intentional effort to connect with my kids has improved the overall behaviors in my home. Are my Mm -hmm. kids perfect? No, I'm not saying that. Yeah. But it really is noticeably different. Yeah. So do you want me to talk about monthlies? How we do about monthlies? monthlies. Yep. Throw those at it. Yeah. So my, the way that we do it monthly is we have said we could do it one-on-one or we could do it family, like a mm-hmm. family outing mm-hmm. or the kids can choose to do it one-on-one. And I have something else in place in my home that kind of works towards this, but this is like a whole another interview for another day. We do something I called noted. mom store. Yes. Oh, I love that. So, okay. so the kids can earn their monthly time and they can choose if it is just them, like if they just want to go with mom and dad and do something or just mom or just dad, or if they want the whole family to come. And then we have an experience together. We go to the hot springs or we go bowling or we go to a new park and play whatever they choose. They get to choose that, but it's something that is not with screens. I love it. Good, so, good, good. I love it. So there's actual connection happening. Right. Yes. yes. Without those screens. Here's yes. what I love about this as well is this can be done with 
any age of kids. Like I think about, I'm, a, I'm grown and I think about daily practices, weekly practices or monthly practices that like my parents have with me where it's one-on-one time or connecting with me, whether it's a text that they send me or whether it's like going to lunch or whether they just stop by and sit on my couch and let me cry for a hot minute. Like this can be across the board, no matter what age your kids are. And if you don't have kids, are you an aunt? Are you an uncle? Are like, because it doesn't really, it doesn't have to be necessarily like the mom and the dad, but I love how right. universal one-on-one time is like, this is yes. so in my mind. Yes. Even with your spouse, right? Yes. Even with your spouse. Yeah. Yes. I, I agree. 100%. But going back to your consistency question too, I think it's so interesting how we often kind of leave our home and our family out of the space where we expect consistency. Like when I go to the restaurant, I go to that restaurant because I love their food and it's consistently good and the prices are the same and the service is good quality, right? And if they throw me a loop and all of a sudden it's not consistent, I'm upset and I don't want to go back, right? Same with shopping at a store. There's so many examples of how consistency, like even adults, we expect it, right? Yeah. And children, it has been shown time and time again that children actually perform better for us, okay? Function at a higher level in a positive way for us when we are consistent with our expectations and with our procedures and what we do, not just in a classroom setting, in our homes too. Mm -hmm. And I just, man, I, I don't want parents to feel like, oh my heck, I have to be perfect at this. And if I'm not perfect at it, I can't do it. But I am just saying there is value in doing something consistently. So I would sit down with your spouse or your family, whatever it is, and say, how can we make this happen? And what is it going to look like for us in our home and our family and our phase of life? Because it is going to be different for everybody. Yeah. And I like the idea of figuring out, okay, what can we do consistently? Like this amazing balloons and streamers situation. We might not be able to do that consistently, but what can we do consistently? So you might have to simplify. You might have to shave down some of those expectations so that it can be a consistent thing. But what can we do consistently? And here's what's amazing. And this comes from kind of like a a therapy space. You probably notice it as a teacher, you notice it as a mom, is that consistency creates safety. Like it just, it creates the stability of, okay, at least I know what to count on. So I go to a Costco here local. And I go to the same Costco and I just know where things are and what to expect and how it goes. And it's just like, it just feels like a little hug. Well, so I went to a different Costco because in my church calling, I needed a certain dessert that was only sold at a different Costco. And I walked in and it was like flipped and it was enormous. And I didn't know where anything was or how it went. And I started to kind of get a little mad at Costco that they changed it on me. And I, I legit, my body felt dizzy. Like I'm walking yeah. around and I'm like, where am I? <laughs> like, and my husband texts me, are you okay? I'm like, I'm not well. I'm not well. <laughs> I'm in this Costco and I don't know where the flipping cheesecake is. I don't know what to do with my life right now. <laughs> so there's this like unsafety that comes with not having that. But even if it's small, if it's a consistent thing, like if your kids just know this is how it's going to go, or this is, this is what I can plan on or whatever, it doesn't have to be perfect. Right is where it's at. I absolutely love that that's what you brought in. Yes, I, yeah. 
thank you for the Costco example. I'll never I forget mean, it. Right? <laughs> so, like, and then she talked about not being well while she was in Costco. So because of the teaching space, now I had to tell you, like I considered teaching for a hot minute and I don't have the patience it takes. I can put up with a kid for 50 minutes in a session, but all day long, special spots in heaven. So what I've noticed in my friends that are teachers or like my mom was a kindergarten teacher for a long, long time. You learn a lot about kids' development. That is awesome. And I learned about it as well, but more about like therapeutically development and stuff. So give me some little nuggets about that development piece that could be really helpful. Okay. So that best thing that I would say that I have learned that has helped me in motherhood and teaching, but just especially motherhood is that children's prefrontal cortex is not fully developed and it is not fully developed clear through their teen years. I mean, so yes. So for all of the, you know, parents with teens, this is for them too, but I wanted to share this. And this is from one of my teacher resources that I learned from in college. And I have never forgotten this. And I marked this page and I refer, refer to it so often because I feel like it's so powerful. So development wise, from conception to age four, the individual develops 50% of his mature intelligence. From age four to eight, he develops another 30%. And from age eight to 17, the remaining 20%. Research indicates that a child's first four years are the most important growing period for academic achievement and all subsequent learning is affected and in large part determined by what a child has learned by the age of nine Mm -hmm. or at least by the end of third grade. Mm -hmm. When school and home environments are mutually reinforcing, learning is likely to be greatest. The nature of the learning environment is most critical during the periods of most rapid change in learning. Mm. And I always remember that because our kids are only kids once. Yeah. And I so often, and especially now I'm running my own business from home, I have a lot to do. And I so often think, I don't, I don't have time for that. I can't sit and read too. I have to get all these other things done. I just, I can't, I can't, I can't. And my mind immediately goes back to this and says, oh my heck, from conception to age four, 50% of their intelligence. That's huge. What they learn in those first four years, how loved they are, who's safe, who cares about them and protects them and takes care of them, right? On top of all the academics, yes, but that's, you know, to me, that's neither here nor there. I think you can teach skills, but that foundation of mm-hmm. where they really are known and loved, I think it's really hard to form if you let all of those years just slide by you. Yes. So yes. that's why I wanted to share that because I just feel like it's so important to just step outside of our crazy busy schedule yeah. and take the time to connect with them and it'll bless their lives forever and ever. Yeah. Just slowing it down. Now for all of the mamas and papas and grandmas and grandpas out there, they're like, yes. oh my goodness, my kids are cooked. They're nine. They're far past that point or holy Toledo. I've got a 36 year old. There's no turning back. Your goose is not cooked. Anything is clean upable. And this comes from my therapy space. It may take a lot of therapy. I don't know, but anything is clean upable. It's just good to know this because it, I can't even remember what the quote is, but it's something like, it's better to invest time in 
like the younger kids then have to invest all the time in once they're older. I don't know. It's worded better than that. But basically, I love the idea of like, this is just good information to have. That if you are in that stage, if you are in the stage of that zero to four and you're ripping your hair out and you can't remember the last time that you actually got good quality sleep or had ice cream by yourself, it's really (laughs) like helpful to know that these are the formative years. Okay, I need to slow down. I need to be still in these formative years. And if you're past that phase, that's okay. It's not like you can't go back and use another skill or try something on or do the one-on-one time or have that connection. But for those in this phase, man, that is the, it blew my mind. When I learned that in school, I was like, what? And it actually made it. So I was like, maybe I want to hold off on having kids. I mean, I don't want to screw them up. Like, (laughs) but when I finally was like, it'll be fine. They'll be fine. I'll be, it'll be fine. But super helpful to know how important that is because that's what gets you through the really hard days where you're up to your eyeballs in diapers and up to your eyeballs in a million trillion cups because they just got another like 35th glass of water or whatever. It's just really helpful to know these are the inform like the formative years. This is this space is so important. This is yes. what yeah, I love that. Super, super helpful to know. Okay. So I picked your brain a ton. I'm excited for all the listeners to be able to hear things. I'm sure that their notebooks are full. I have like, I mean, this just shows you my <laughs> schizophrenic way of taking notes, right? Just kind of all over the place. So is there anything else, any little snippets that you want to give us before I ask you a tricky question? I just would say to sacrifice now for what you really want in the long run. And so just going back to what we've already said, you know, I would just encourage all the listeners to just sit down and really write out or be thoughtful and mindful about what they really want their home and family to be like, what they want their relationship with their children to be like in five years and 10 years and 20 years. And just start now, just start now. Yeah. And those paydays, y'all, they don't come for a long while, Right, a long while. Like I guinea pigged love and logic on my sister's kids before mine were born. And then I've done love and logic for my kids. And I'm just starting to see the payoffs. Y'all, it's been 12 years. Like I'm just starting to see, oh, it's helping, it's working, you know? And so if you're looking for the paydays in those first and foremost, you might not get them as, I mean, you'll get the snuggles and the hugs and those are paydays as well. But it really is, you're investing now and sacrificing now. It's like finances, right? You're going to give us this for now. And then later on, it's going to pay off big time. So I absolutely love that. Okay, so the question I have for you is, What have you come to find? What have you come to learn as you've been on your own path of imperfection? I love how you've talked about it doesn't have to be perfect. It just, you know, needs to happen or whatever. What have you come to find and what have you come to learn on your own path? Okay. Oh, I love this question. There's so many angles to go at it. Yeah. But I just, what keeps coming to my mind is I have learned to start where I am. I love that. And I think that we so easily get caught up in what we should be doing or where we should be, or, oh, we had this goal for ourselves, or we set our 10-year plan, or right? Yeah, yeah. And do you know what? God throws us curveballs, life yes. happens, and we can't plan every single step of the way, and life is messy. It's not perfect. And so for me, I have just learned to keep going, to keep trying, 
to get up every day and do the best that I know how, yeah. give myself a little grace and ju- to just start where I am. I love that. Day. I love because that's what the expectation is, right? Like when we all boil it down, that's what God expects of it. Just keep trying. It, it does. Right. Perfection is not what we signed up for. I love that. Just start where you are and keep going. Okay. So how can folks find you? Cause I'm sure that everybody that's listened is just like, this is my girl. I've got to go find her. How can folks find you? How can folks connect to you? Give us your stuff. Okay. So you can find me at comefollowmefag.com where I offer a digital subscription and now physical workbooks to help your children learn the come follow me curriculum from the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And you can do that. Use our subscription and our workbooks in your home to teach and Hey, connect with your children. Love it. And I have an Instagram handle too. It's the same thing. It's come follow me FHE. And on Instagram, I share quite a bit in my stories, very often about behaviors and children and how to engage with your kids or activities to do with your kids, all sorts of great resources there from a teacher to other moms. So yeah, yeah. I love it. Cause as I thought, I'm like, oh, this is what my kid's teacher is thinking. Like it is so, it's just helpful. It's just so helpful. Yeah. So I love that. Awesome. Well, it's been great to have you on. And I want to thank you for taking the time. I know that in busy schedule, especially we're recording this during the holidays and it's bonkers town bananas for all of us. So thank you for taking the time. I'm excited for folks to connect with you and to just feel so empowered and uplifted the way that I have as I connected with you as well. Thank you so much for having me, Becky. Heck yeah. What a fun conversation. Thank you so much for sticking with me and sticking with Angie and continuing to listen to the full episode, even though it's a little bit longer than what I normally do. Totally worth it. You guys, it was cool because it felt like Angie and I were just sitting on my couch and we were just two friends visiting about our kids and our families and life. She is such a fun, sincere person. I am so grateful for the opportunity I had to visit with her. One thing that we were talking about after the recording was that she is launching a new business called The Christian Cottage. I will link it. I believe it's an Etsy shop and I'll make sure that you guys have that resource. But The Christian Cottage is a way for Angie to show up in not only a space for members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but also for any believers who are of the Christian faith. So Make sure to check that out as well. As always, I'm going to make you commit to enjoying the journey, braving the battle, and embracing your human one connected step at a time.